This is Life I Swear, where we share stories and reflections from Black women about trials in their lives that have helped them heal, connect, and process. Every week, we hold space for storytelling that both challenges and inspires us to be good to ourselves. I'm your host, Chloe Dulce Livueso. Season six. I cannot believe we are in six seasons of life, I swear. And for those who have stuck with me since 2020, when I tested my voice on this thing, thank you. And if you're just now discovering the podcast or recently did, I hope what I share here resonates with you. Not only can I not believe this podcast has made it to its sixth season, but it's also been a whole year as of November 2nd that the Life I Swear book was released. And in this moment, I'm taking it in as an opportunity to assess this past year for me. Life I Swear, the book and the podcast, has gifted me with so much a beautiful, fulfilling community of Black women who care deeply, a coming out that has shed layers that didn't serve me and moved me to step into higher vibrations with myself and what I desire as a woman and artist-like explorer, as a mother and a partner and a friend. It gifted me with lessons on boundaries and self-care and self-repair, on love and on trust, on clarity and on communication. It was a growth year in many ways. It was for sure a year of blessings, a year of manifestation and of choices. It was just a year. And I chose to start a business, to say no to a PhD, to say yes to a new professional opportunity, to pursue projects, to say yes to marriage again, to make compromises on things I said I wouldn't, all of which I'm learning from. The power of choice and the responsibility that comes with our choices really is that deep because with all the decisions we make comes an explanation for why. That why is also what's your motivation? What role does your ego play in your decision-making? What about emotions? How am I justifying each of these decisions and how am I navigating them? I've had to ask myself that series of questions because it cuts through the story I want to tell about my choices as much as it gets right to the basis of them. I had to catch myself being very intentional about setting time aside to think through these why questions. It was a year that got ahead of me by a few small steps or two. There was a floodgate that swung open in my life that invited many people and opportunities into it without me really having checked in with myself on whether I had the tools to manage them knocking at the same time. I didn't have the hard boundaries I needed, the muscle of discernment in new ways that I could apply, nor the discipline to ritualistically care for myself before taking more on. 
I heard a quote the other day that said, not getting what I need at the deepest level becomes irresponsibility to myself and the people I care for. And when we know we're not taking care of our needs, whether they are more rest, more alignment, more purpose in our work, or being more spiritually fed, yet we don't do anything about it, it can feel unsettling. The worst thing we can do is ignore that unsettling because it will surface. And when we allow it to overstay, when we take on what we don't have the capacity for in our time, our energy, our spirit, we have nothing on our plate to feed ourselves. So my work this season is to listen and to discern, to dream and to wait, to invite and to wait, to be grateful, full stop, and to be patient. One of the realest lessons I've learned this year is that for all the things I want to do and all the ways I want to be an offering, it takes all of these things, the discernment, the patience, and the radical listening to be selective about when and how I can be that. Mastering the no's and the yeses is work we all have to do. It gives us balance. And when we have balance, we have clarity. And when we have clarity, we have insight already available to us that guides us to our heart work, our connections, our life's work, and our non-negotiable whys. This journey of tapping into myself started when I committed to writing and curating my book, Life, I Swear, from a truly vulnerable place. This week on the book's one-year book anniversary, I want to read an excerpt from it that continues to hit home for me as to why I do this hard work and why I want all of us to do it for ourselves. It took me a while to get to a place of grace and acceptance that comes from self-examination. I was wary of what might become of my sense of self if I looked too closely at some hard truths about my traumas and immaturities. Finding our bearings and being vulnerable enough to examine and share our wounds before they are healed is an act of courage that I wasn't prepared for. Sharing prematurely bears the risk of re-triggering ourselves. So for years, I kept my stories to myself swept away in the dusty corners of my memory, waiting until the day I had felt fully resolved with them to be qualified to share. I've learned though, through less compartmentalization and more flow, that you can in fact be a mess and a messenger at the same time. You can in fact need healing while also helping others heal. You can be proud of your growth while also needing to be inspired, redirected, or humbled. You can struggle with the ambiguity of the future, but still honor the essence of who you are, which is often the only thing we know for sure. And you can wonder in disillusionment of God's plan. Why me? Why this? While still being supremely grateful for her omnipresence. The expectation of strength being autonomous to still working through our fragilities can pressure us to bottle in how we are processing life and how that can lead to self-doubt siloed and make space through vulnerability nearly impossible. 
We have to give ourselves permission to allow the polarities of our present moment or our identities to exist in the same space. For a long time, I struggled to recognize this and refrain from divulging myself to others. As a nomad who moved from city to city all my life, I know what uncertainty feels like and for years wrestled with not having a sense of belonging. Relationships always felt fleeting. Trust was sparse and permanence was rare. To share parts of myself with others felt like a sacrifice. To relinquish the guarantee of reciprocal vulnerability. But when I began to share my untold stories with people I love and the community I was building, kindred connections and personal healing followed. Recounting experiences that had once felt life and soul threatening was a love offering to my people and to myself. It contextualized the pieces they knew of me and welcomed them to explore the pieces of life we had yet to uncover together. And finally, I could be me, stripped and naked in my truth. When we tell our stories enough times in safe spaces, we release the burden or weight they carry. There is nothing left to conceal, not from others, not from myself. This is me, ugly and beautiful, brave and sometimes still terrified whole, alive, and well. Now, if writing or reading your way through your healing is something you do as well, or you want to do more of, I want to point you to a community that has been just magical to me. I've discovered this community in DC that has always fed my soul. It's the community that sits at the intersection of healing and writing. This weekend was Well-Read Black Girls Festival where we covered everything under that umbrella. The boundaries, the language we use on ourselves, the knowing of who we are, the humility that doesn't serve us, the ego that doesn't serve us, the returning lessons, the healing, the healing, the healing, and how we write through all of those experiences. It's carried me over and over, and I'm grateful for this community of women who desire to understand themselves deeply. And through writing, ask ourselves these provoking questions that help us get to the pit of answers that guide us to living more deeply and meaningfully as Black women. So check out Well-Read Black Girl, Glory Edom, and the work she's doing of honoring Black women who write and commune on this. So season six is a bit different than previous seasons. First of all, thank you for your patience in the break I took since May. I needed it. I hadn't let my foot off the gas since the book had been released. So I was just grateful for the rest. And a lot of beautiful lifing happened in that time. And while in my repose, I decided to produce the podcast in bite-sized nibbles instead because that's what I have the capacity for. So instead of 12 episodes, I'm sharing six. Instead of me hosting all episodes, some weeks I'm passing the mic. And instead of only me and the guests sharing answers to how we are living, healing, and processing, I also want you to share yours. This season, we're talking about grieving, 
about joy living, Afrofuturism, postpartum, intersections, and of course, storytelling, both the intention and the art form of it. And I want to hear from you. So next week, we have Marissa Renee Lee, a friend and author of Grief is Love. We unpack grief, moving away from the limited definition society has of it to the very expansive journey it can be. And so I ask you, what has grief taught you about love? How has your relationship with grief evolved? How are you navigating it and how has it brought you home to yourself? If this resonates with you, send me a 60 second audio recording with your answer to any of these questions to hello at lifeiswear.com and we'll have your voice shared on next week's episode with Marissa. And if the Life I Swear book has served you or resonated with you in any way in the last year, in the spirit of celebrating its release into the world, its birth into the world with me, let me know how. So post a photo, post a video of you and your book and tag Life I Swear and Chloe underscore Dulce. Thank you, friends. Thank you for standing by me as a listener, a reader, and our collective community. Until next week. Thank you for listening to Life I Swear. You can follow Life I Swear on Instagram and learn more at lifeiswear.com. The book, Life I Swear, Intimate Stories from Black Women on Identity, Healing, and Self-Trust is available for purchase. And if you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast fix. I hope you stay tuned for more episodes to come. In the meantime, be well, friend.